Hi guys, here we are today with uh, Nathan McFarlane, uh, founder at HelpWith. Nathan, how are you? Good to have you with us. Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. So Nathan, why don't we kick off just by finding a little bit about yourself, a little bit about uh, HelpWith and what it is that you guys are actually building. Yeah, super. Um, so history about myself, uh, I've been out in the UAE for close to nine years now. Uh, prior to that, I worked on a technology startup in the UK, um, um, which was which has now become very, very successful. But um, I moved out here to work in um, investments mainly. So the majority of my thing has been financial planning, investment advice, so on and so forth. But um, I found an opportunity in the market to aid people through social media um, and then be able to create a platform where people could provide information for um for the for the people um and then from there aggregate solutions that could be best suited to their circumstances what they're looking for so my sphere is finance so basically create a product where you could create content on a specific sphere let's say insurance and aggregate an insurance solution but we built you know we started doing that and tested in financial services but we realized actually it's much better to be able to create a platform which gives the opportunity to people experts in all industries to um, provide solutions to their, their customers and, and monetize in, in different ways so um, so that's what we're what we're doing um, we're based out here in the UAE um, and and we are looking we'll be launching the product in sort of the next sort of two three four weeks depending on how the right. developers say they, they say two weeks but I'll, I'll, I'll say three or four just to be safe yeah um yeah. and and then yeah and then the idea is we're going to be using UAE as our test market but um we'll be moving towards the rest of the world and in particularly the UK because that's where I'm from um my goal in some capacity is to end up back there um so we'll be looking to do that in you know the second half of 2022 and early 2023 nice and how's how's life treating you in the uae it's obviously uh very different to the uk um though yeah today it's really hot in the uk so uh i was gonna say um yeah we're pretty much on par i think uh i think it's around 28 29 degrees so oh, no, that, that's like winter that. here uh, so yeah we're close to the summer now so no it's more like 40 degrees now but you know you don't really notice it because the majority of the time you're inside in air conditioning and if you're out in the sun you, you're in your shorts and t-shirt and you know it doesn't you know it, it's very very like oh nightmare because you, you get from a to b everywhere in air conditioning so we're very fortunate that in regards to that i suppose but um yeah you know i, I love it out here i think that you know i've seen just in the time frame that I've been here since sort of 2013, 2014, um, you know, the, the city is and the country has grown massively. Um, the, the leaders here are second to none. They have a great vision. The life that people can have here is is far superior than the majority of the countries, if not every country in the world. Really? Yeah, you know, you, the main thing is there's opportunity here, you know, whether you are from an educated background, um, whether you're the most educated person on the planet or the least educated person on the planet, you get yourself here, you have the opportunity and there's opportunity for everyone. Um, and and the way that, they're, you know, that they've built the society here, everyone has a place, everyone has the opportunity. Yes, obviously, as you know, my, my, myself, we, I think we said this before that, you know, if you brought up in the UK, you know, you already have fantastic education. You, you're already part of, 
the top three, four, two, one, however many percent in the world. Um, but the reality is there's opportunity for every nationality. There's like there's over 150 plus nationalities here in the UAE. So the um, you know, everyone has an opportunity to be able to build for their future and at the same time live in an environment which is safe um and and, in, and enjoyable place to, to also bring your family up yeah and, and I, I think it's something you and i have obviously discussed previously um particularly in the uk I've, I've been very open about the fact that you know i feel like the education system here is is completely broken um i think there's a lack of foresight in terms of the trajectory of the jobs market and what jobs are going to look like if for in 10 20 years from now i think it's probably going to be much harder for people to make money, um, especially for the next generation. Um, yeah. That seems to go out the window when you look at the UAE. Um, it just looks incredibly exciting. I'm sure it's incredibly difficult. Um, how, how does the work ethic differ? And how does the, how does the mentality differ in, in, in the business world from, from the UK? Oh, I think you need to understand here is everyone comes here to build a better future for themselves and for their families, whether they're, that they're, that their families are here or in their home country. Uh, you know, for me, everything about being here is to build a better future for myself, open up opportunity for myself, learn more about the world, learn more about myself, learn more about the business world. I think overall, when you're here, you have all the great things of, of being able to, to do nice things and see nice, nice places and see nice hotels and big malls and all these things. But realistically that you're here to work. And I feel that the country is far more efficient um, than what you would have, would see in, in typical countries like the UK, because let's be honest in the UK, everyone's not there just to work. You know, there's a, there's a lot of lazy people that's <laughs> as well as hardworking ones, but they're, there's people that, that don't work or, you, know, you, you know, don't. You can be very open with me. With me yeah, as, like, that's uh, the reality. I, I, I have that. I have the attitude that, you know, there are a lot of lazy people and that's, but that's not just in the UK. That's in a lot of countries. But whereas here, if you don't have a job and you don't work hard, well, you're not going to be able to sustain yourself to, to build that future you want. So society runs far more efficiently. It's a far more respectful society. It's a far more safer society, um, you know, and, and, I think the domino effect of all that means that, you know, greater opportunities on the horizon and the, 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 the city and the, the country itself moves faster flowing than, than other countries. You know, here, something's not right. They, they're, they're like, okay, they'll look at what's, what's, what's wrong. They'll pass a law and next day, done, law passed. If in the UK, it would take years to pass one single law. Here, this is, there's a problem. Okay, solution. And, and, and it's just run far more efficiently and that then opens up more opportunity and i just i for me personally i think you know the, it's just the start of a of a revolution in in this country i, I feel that it's just the beginning well i mean i mean and and is, is it a case that with the uk that people that do you think people don't see the opportunity in the uk so they're not working hard or is it a case that actually they're not working hard so there's less opportunity because you know, again, I've 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 been very open about this, and I think that you know the UK historically has been a very very wealthy country. 
we've obviously had opportunity here that is just that far surpasses what most most other societies in the history of humanity have ever had um and and i think that where we've probably struggled and where the challenges lie is largely in the education system and you know I've been very vocal in the fact that actually I think the best way to fix that is to have, you know, parents much more involved in making decisions that influence their, their child's education. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that in other countries right now, outside of outside of the West, there's certainly much more emphasis on education, or at least there has been over the last two decades. And that's starting to play out in terms of the growth that we are experiencing in those individual economies. Um, all right, I'm going to throw a curveball out here. Yeah, no, um, I, 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 do you know what? I, I was. Um, I was so realistically, in the U in in the UAE, the education system is largely driven by the UK curriculum and the US curriculum. Okay, so dependent on the schools that you go to. Um, I don't believe it's an education problem, so okay. to speak. It's an entire societal problem. Um, and I think this links into um, an end of an era. I feel that, that the UK was built on the success of the third industrial revolution and that we're moving into the fourth industrial revolution and the UK is catching up and the UAE is already ahead. They've already prepared themselves to say this is where the world is going. Now there's sorry, apologies. So you, the UK needs to catch up. Yeah, because the, the reality is it's been in a society and it's stuck in it. And, and and the UK has maximised what it's got out of it. And yes, obviously, as we said, it's, you know, over the last sort of 60, 70 years, we've seen some, you know, fantastic things happen and, and the, the quality of life and so on and so forth is great. But, but the reality is we're coming to end of the end of that cycle and changes need to be made to be able to ensure that that quality of life can continue. But I think the, the issue you're getting, you know, just trying to understand in regards to education and the differences is I don't believe there's any you know there's any difference in in what you know the the opportunity side of things is it's it's a mentality the, um, the uae in particular here from my perspective is you know the people that come here already have a mentality of wanting to work to wanting to build their concert careers they have a motivation they have a motivation that either you know they want to send money back to their family so they look after them or they want to have a motivation in their career to succeed or and as a whole one of really macro level the uae itself wants to become the biggest and the best country in the world for its citizens can we say all those things about the uk i don't believe so i don't believe so. on, on all of those levels on and, and every single one of those points i just made there is everyone motivated to work? No. Okay, so that's, it's not, it's a, it's a human nature, a societal problem, not an actual problem with the country. You know, for every, everything, uh, you know, I said there, you know, obviously every country has its own problems. Um, but from my perspective, you're looking at a shift. And as we'll probably talk about as we go on in, in the world and where everything's going. And the reality is, um, from UAE's perspective, they've they've started in this shift earlier than the UK in some capacity, and due to you know the position they're in, they've been able to to sort of catapult that forward. Whilst you know, even though yes, the UK is is made come on leaps and bounds in many sectors. Financial technology is probably the biggest one. I would say I'd say you know the UK is probably 
the, the number one country in the world for it um, overall with, you know, all the, um, the, the fintech banks that are there and the technologies that are available. But as a whole societal whole, you know, the way our governments run, um, the, the inefficiency of society, the, the, the way that the, the, the entire system um, is, you know, in regards to debt, and we'll, I no doubt we'll talk about that. Um, well, no, and we, how we can discuss we, we can even jump jump onto that now you know i know this is something and again i'm sure you won't mind saying this you know, you've obviously got um a very impressive following on tiktok um that's that's how you and i that, that's how you and i first met um mm -hmm. you know you've been very vocal about the challenges that that we that society faces in terms of like um global debt uh national debt and the um, depreciation of fiat currencies. Now, yeah. again, I, th I think one thing that you know is evident when you look at the UAE as a whole is that, irrespective of what's going on in terms of fiat currencies in global debt, it's just about keep producing and keep producing at the highest highest level. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, what is your what is your take on that? Is it something whereby? You know, we're going to see this move towards cryptocurrencies and a move away from fiat currencies, or is it going to be something whereby actually uh, this is just very common, this is very normal, it happens every hundred years or so, and you know, governments will just get to grip, get a grip of it. Yeah, two things here then. So, uh, firstly, what I think the audience need to understand is cryptocurrencies um, at the moment is like you know, thousands of cryptocurrencies just on the exchanges, you know, uh, and 98% of them won't exist in five years. Um, the majority of them don't have an actual functionality, which is, you know, investable and usable for the future. Um, however, there are a select few cryptocurrencies that have a real utility, which can be used to catapult not just our financial system, but a number of different processing systems, um, and arguably our our perception of what a commodity is, um, with new different new different types of commodities, i.e., Bitcoin, so to speak, replacing what we see for gold and silver, or or being run alongside gold or silver. But the the cryptocurrency itself, I believe, almost certainly, and there is enough evidence out there. Um, you know, from the government, it's not like a conspiracy theory or anything like that. It, you know, the government's saying CBDCs, well, you know, this is the G7 and the UK heads up the G7. You've seen Rishi Sunak say, you know, we will be bringing in central bank digital currencies, programmable central bank digital currencies, which I'd love to talk about as we go along here. Um, and, and obviously that's fundamentally driven on a cryptocurrency. Um, the more and more I look at, at it, um xrp um, which is a cryptocurrency run right. by the company ripple um is going to be at the forefront of that despite there being an sec really? case against them yeah so you know uh if the top 300 banks in the world over 150 of them in some way or other are using ripple as their processing system wow. um my expectation is that it uh either their technology or something similar to it will be at the forefront of how a CBDC works, um, along with a select few others. 
um, you know, there is a whole entire system that is a protocol system that's going to sort of be the way forward of our new financial system. It's called ISO 222. Everyone look and look that up, ISO 20022. Um, and it shows you what, what cryptocurrencies may may be part of that system um you know for example our financial our uh, international payment system swift is is way behind um in comparison to the technologies available so it makes more sense for this to be utilized now going on to your second point so cryptocurrencies being utilized in our financial system it, it i don't it's not even just makes sense i believe it's already in motion um and in not a not so distant to too distant future you're going to see those uh, the, those cryptocurrencies or some of those cryptocurrencies coming into into play not to be mistaken that some of those cryptocurrencies are just a waste of time and a lot of them will go to zero but if you do your research and understand which ones actually have the utility and can be used um you know they they, they might well be a good investment but um moving on you said that once in a hundred years thing um you know as, as i mentioned earlier about industrial revolutions um i believe we're, we're at the end if not we've already started the fourth industrial revolution um you know where we're going to be living in a technologically driven era um we've realized in the third industrial revolution globalization so to speak that the world cannot sustain in the format that we're working in that's both from our monetary policy and from the way that we are consuming in society so i see what the world was moving to is a, a a level not a complete but a level of deglobalization and that doesn't mean that suddenly we're not going to be doing trade or going to other countries in the world no i mean that there's going to be a level of countries becoming more efficient inside themselves and rather being so in, in involved in wanting on exports um i'm oh, sorry on on imports um they're going to they're going to be able to sustain themselves better and that links back to cbdc's you know the reality is and we're talking about how people in we use the example of the uk aren't as um let's say motivated to be able to you know provide value to society um so essentially if you're looking at let's just use the example that someone that's living off benefits someone's living off benefits currently they receive a check um each month a certain amount of money which they can truly spend how they wish then go and spend it all in the pub if they want then go and spend it at their local bookies if they want is that functionally good for society well in the current what current structure actually the government makes money off the taxes of alcohol and the taxes of uh of gambling right so actually it feeds its way back through the system but that also has social economic impacts on such on things like healthcare, so to speak so if you could create a technology which is programmable and rishi signak has already said it's going to be a programmable central bank digital currency that means the government can say well you you need this much money for your roof over your head you need, you need this much money for the food in your tummy you need this much for healthcare. you need this much for your lifestyle so on and so forth it means that you can't go and spend your you receive a thousand pounds at the start of the month it doesn't mean you're going to spend 900 in the bookies on the way home and that happens right and is that functional is that good for society no it's not it, and is and at the end of the day i use this example let's say let's say lawrence okay let's say me and you are mates and uh you're like nay 
sorry, mate. I've, I've, I'm really short. I'm really short. I need some money to survive. Um, can you help me out? And of course, of course I'll help you out. I've got the money, I'll help you out. Lawrence, how much do you need? Thousand pounds. Okay, mate, no worries. What's it gonna need? Oh, you need it for your food and your tummy, your, you know, get, get your roof over your head and fine. Yeah, no worries, I'll lend it to you, mate. And then you go and spend it all in the bookies. Do I lend it to you again? Do I give you the money again? No, but that's what's happening in society, right? And that money is coming directly from the- Sorry, are you saying the government but, are enabling people to waste the welfare money they're receiving? Of course they are. Like, it's, it's downright obvious that they are. So we're, we're living in a society which isn't as efficient. We're living in a society which then affects um, people's lives in such a negative way. They're then a burden to society, not a, uh, not a functioning tool which, which we want everyone to be. They're therefore less, less educated. They're stuck in one certain place. And actually, then they bring further uh, problems to society through things like extra healthcare. We use obesity as the example. I did a TikTok on obesity. If you're eating a ton of really bad food and you're obese, the likelihood is you're going to be a larger burden onto the NHS. But does why? If the government is giving you some money every month, and then you're going to spend it to then actually put a further burden on society in that context. Is that good? Well, no. So we've gone through this third industrial revolution, this consumer driven in society in this monetary system, which for the, the first half of that, the first, you know, let's say 30, 40 years ago, we we're in the peak happy days. Great. The problem is now the money isn't there to keep that consumer driven society moving. So we need a new type of currency, a new type of financial structure. Because, sorry, sorry, I didn't interrupt. So, what we're looking at here from perspective is the new financial structure cannot be driven on this constant debt-driven society. Because at the end of the day, there's a certain point. That, you know what's been happening over the last or 20, 30 years is particularly since the financial crisis. From my opinion, the third industrial revolution sign I was up in 2008, and it's just been extended 15 years from printing money. All right. And in that period of time, all that's happened is that the, the GDP to debt burden ratios have increased of the, the largest world's largest superpowers, in, in particular the US. Now we've got to the point that actually now we've got this massive inflation and the tools that they used before to counteract that to keep society moving, they don't have. They can't afford, if they were to increase inflation, they would then have to cut back on other government spending to pay off debt, which they can no longer do. So the financial system is set to fail. So if you look, you're seeing a financial system is set to fail, you're seeing that we're gonna to have to move into a new financial system, which one has to be more efficient because we realized it hasn't worked in this current society. And two, it needs to be less driven on debt. What would you do? And, and that's where you, the answers all start to fall into place and where the world is going. now. Do I just believe that a, CD, uh, a CBDC is going to be the only currency? No. But what you're going to see, particularly with the way the world is moving, I think it's quite clear to see that there's going to be less and less jobs. Why? Because the reality is the, the technology that's being built, robotics is the next level, AI robotics, are going to take jobs away. And, it, the, the, and also, if you're going to be moving into a less consumer-driven society, there's going to be less jobs. Can I, can I interject some? Can I interject here? Some, so, so, yeah. so with that, first of all, I don't believe there is a cap 
on the number of jobs that can be created. That's the first thing. And okay. I, 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 I think that I completely agree with you that the, if we carry on going down the path we're going down, there are going to be less jobs. I think mm -hmm. that process-driven jobs are being um, eradicated by automation at a pace that far surpasses what any government realises and far yeah. surpasses what any CEO would care to admit. Um, yeah. I do think, however, the contradiction comes when you have something like CBDC, which in such an Orwellian style, and that's how I see it. And, you know, I'm happy to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But I see it as some form of like George Orwell 1984, uh, whereby, you know, the government telling us exactly how to live. And I think that if you give people the basic fundamentals, right, that they'll, ne they'll never look to achieve, sorry, apologies. It will be even harder for them to break out of that cycle. And, and I, I think it's, it's telling when we look at what China have been able to achieve over the last, what, 20 years, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're much better on the statistics than I am, but I think they've pulled about, what, four, 500, maybe 600 million people out of poverty, right? Correct, yeah. um, I think, was it you who actually said to me that their middle class is now bigger, so I'm stealing your, uh, your words, yeah. but their, big, their middle class is now bigger than the entire population of the United States. And, yeah. and, and I, I think that actually, you know, the, the way in which they've been able to do that is by, you know, going through those tough times and actually saying, listen, you know, you've got to be creative and you've got to take personal responsibility. My concern with like with um, any formalized like CBDC is that actually if you're telling people how to spend money, it's great. You're right. Less homeless people, more people have the basics, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs comes into play. there. Yeah. Yeah. However, however are people just going to sit around and do nothing? Or how, how is it going to be an excuse for companies to actually widen the wealth gap even further and then actually say, because you know, I believe it's going to become hard. I, I agree with you. It's going to become so hard to make money in the future or to yeah. create wealth, should we say, in the future. Yeah. And I just wondered that, like with CBDCs, is it a very, is it one of those, you know, path to hell, you know, you know, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And, and I, I kind of see it going that way. I kind of don't think people are going to be sitting around and writing poetry and painting pictures. They're going to work out a way to manipulate the system. They're going to be, um, you're going to have mental health issues go through the roof, right? Um, you're going to have more people with uh, drinking problems, drug problems. And again, I don't see the end game with something where it's like, well, let's just keep um, paying for people to live. Instead, I, this is my, my fascination with uh, Dubai, with the United Arab Emirates. Um, they're looking and going, wait a minute, we're going to grow our population, but we're going to do it in such a sustainable way that actually, um, you know, people are going to be paying sufficient taxes so that actually everyone can have a very sorry not everyone because the world's not doesn't work that way but you know people have the opportunity to have that high standard of living are we taking that away if we go down this path of you know like you say like rishi sunak's plan with cbdc's i don't think we're taking it away i think that what's happening is what's already been happening the majority of people do live in a certain standard they're not going to do more with their lives but I think the yeah you, you, you you're kind of being 
in the way that you're expressing it, it's like there's a worry that oh we're moving into this different system and the, all these bad things can happen. Yeah. Any system, bad things can happen. And any structure, the nature of humans itself is at some point, excuse my French, at some point they're gonna we're gonna bugger it up in some way. And it's normally somewhere in to do with greed and power and money and you know and all the things that come around that because we naturally as human beings always want more. We've also that's also been driven into us throughout the last sort of 50 to 80 years because we've been living in this consumer driven society of I want more, there is more, I, I want this. Now, and I think if you take that away and people are just content with what they do have but that it provides them with the life that they want, and then they'll be focusing more on important things rather than, you know, rather than this society which has been driven by capitalism so to speak is you know is that oh i want this i want that it's actually rather than thinking about what you want actually it's about who you are and actually rather than this extrinsic motivators that we've had on the outside i i want this i want that i want this i want that we've actually as a society gone backwards because now we're not actually motivated motivated by what's actually right what's inside ourselves because it's actually i want this i want that but isn't that is just say make that worse then if you've got universal basic income aren't mm -hmm. we pulling that away even further then well no because you've been you what you've got to remember is as you said in the beginning you we've lived in the best hundred years and you know let's go back a hundred years ago or 110 years ago that the every 95% of the world was living below what the equivalent of the poverty line is now. Whereas what this does, it means everyone is outside of poverty. Now, so you've also got to remember by being in the UK, and this may really bite with people in the UK. I'm sorry, if you're born in the UK, you're spoon fed. You are absolutely spoon fed. You have a roof over your head. You have a food, you have food in your tummy and you have access to education. Whether you are the poorest person in the UK, you have access to all them. You are better off than 98 percent of the world. So if we can build a society where that other 98 percent actually gets a bit more of the piece of the pie so that everyone then actually lives a better quality of life and where the world is built in and structured in a more efficient way isn't that better of course it is like everyone even even if you are from the uk uh, and you're like yeah you you have that attitude of i want more intrinsically we know what we would actually want would be that every there's not starving children in the world right of course we don't want that but, you know we want everyone to be able to have what their basic needs are I think the main issue that comes about through this structure, and I've pointed this out on one of my TikTok videos, is, the, you know, and, and this also been said through the World Economic Forum, is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, all right? The problem is, is people don't like the fact that, okay, particularly if you, you know, for me, I'm a capitalist. Out, out and out, I'm a capitalist. I believe that I, in creating wealth, building something, but building it with the right foundations and principles. There's a lot of business owners that don't have those foundations and principles. And that's been half the problem with capitalist society, because now actually the whole structure is built on what the shareholders want to get maximize their profits, not on actually what is right for the consumer. In the start of this, this uh, third industrial revolution, capitalism was built on the basis of you provide a, a value and a service to the consumer and then 
they get something and you get you know and the um, and the business gets something in return but actually that built and built and built and built and built to these big corporations which are all just driven by the profits for the for, uh, for the company but, but, but we're living in like like you say you like we're living in the richest society ever we wouldn't be mm-hmm. living in the richest society ever if these big corporations didn't apply the uh, the, the tactics that correct they oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah i have no doubt whatsoever but then there's an argument to say that okay like anything if you just look at the way the world moves throughout the years as a task to get to the next stage to build a better society to get to a new task to build a, a better society so that we all grow as as a as a race as a human race that you know that's what we want to do task completed actually gone past that task point now that actually where it's we're going backwards, not forwards, because it's not just capitalism that's driven that, you know, this this growth in society. It's the way it actually we've used money. Right. And the way that we use money is built on debt. The money, the money that we perceive to be there doesn't isn't actually there. The whole entire financial system is a ball of air. Um, and it, that comes with a lot of inequality for people, you know, that just for example, right. The bank, the banking system, we use a banking system called fractional reserve banking, which basically means when the bank brings in your money and in a very simple, quick term, they can loan it out nine times the amount that's in. So your hundred pounds ends up being nine hundred pounds out to everyone else. If that was your average Joe on the street doing that, he's going to jail. But our entire financial system is built on exactly that principle so there's one rule for one and another rule for another so and this system is yeah okay it's it's functioned to to grow society grow the economies in 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 particularly the western world but as we've explained with anything like that where you know i think anything in this world when you're cheating right let's call it cheating right when you're doing something which doesn't really feel actually deep down there's something wrong with that that doesn't really work that that doesn't eventually it has an expiry date and our current financial systems expiry date has already passed and we're just living on borrowed time so what we're doing is moving into this era era where okay um there's going to be a much larger gap between the 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 work the 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 majority of the population and the elite so to speak and this is the problem Right. Like what I was trying to say, trying to say there is you'll uh, own nothing and you'll be happy. Fine. As long as that's applicable for every single person on the planet. I'm all good with that. Right. So but that's not going to work like that. So this is where the problem sits in and where I think what will happen because of that problem. You couldn't just go right. Everyone's going to have exactly the same amount in the world. And that's it. Right. Because it wouldn't work. Socialism doesn't work. I'm very, I'm very, yeah, I'm very, I'm a very logical, fair guy. If there's one person in this world that has access to have more when everyone else has the same, no, sorry, no, I'm revolting. That's it. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So the the reality is you're going to have this secondary system, which runs in line with what fiat still is. Okay. Okay. So we're, uh, what we're saying is at the core of our foundations of our systems, the governments need to stop living on this debt bubble. So they're going to have to make their societies more efficient. 
And because of as what we're saying, the, the potentially going to be less and less jobs, more and more people are going to fall into this bracket, which, you know, realistically for me, everyone is going to have to have a universal basic income at some point in the next hundred years, I, possibly I, less. I, I'm, honestly, I'm completely against universal basic income. And let me say, we are moving, if it plays out the way you said, governments move towards universal basic income, we are moving towards a modern day French revolution because all that will happen is the poor people will just kill the rich people. That, 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 that's what will happen. Uh, okay. Um, I don't think that's possible, but uh, we'll move on to... Uh, no, I no, think no, there, no, there's, this why? Is... No, I'm into, like, okay. listen, you know yeah, I'm okay. by your views. All right, so I, don't, I think society has grown so much now that even the, if with this UBI, slash what we've been speaking about, CBDCs, by the way, the whole time, that is UBI. It's exactly the same thing, yep. right? It's exactly what we've been speaking. We just brought the elephant into the UBI lettering into the room. Yep. Everything we just said there is exactly the same. The realistically, our welfare state is a UBI in some capacity, right? But it's just now going to but everyone. Exploited. But hold, hold, hold. Here's, here's the thing. So you're saying that universal basic income that we can't have, the welfare state, and I'm all mm -hmm. for giving money to people who need it. But they yeah. have to actually need it. And it has to, again, I, I like the idea of having some sort of way to have checks and balances in place to ensure that it's not being wasted, like you said, on things like gambling. At yeah. the same time, if we actually have everyone or we say the jobs market is being eroded, so we just have mm -hmm. to have pretty much a large, large, large majority of the world on universal basic income. Yeah. People will just start killing each other. But I, I, I genuinely believe that. I actually believe that the solution lies much more in the fact that we are sitting at the dawn of a new era of capitalism. We have, we have more opportunity because of advances in technology than ever before. In the West, yeah. especially, we're living in a richer society than has ever existed. Should it yeah. not be upon ourselves? Because this is like the goal of Rayon. And All right. I, you know, I'm interested, should we not be looking to just create millions of new jobs and sustainable economies with more opportunity no because for exactly the reason we've just been talking about that, that there will be less jobs because they're not required if we're moving to society which is less driven by consumerism there's less jobs for particularly the lower lying jobs you know like we use an example we use a real easy example right what's happened over the last I, you know, I've been in the UAE, but I came back for Christmas and I went to my mum, where, where my mum lives, a local high street. What's happened to the high street in the last two years? It's dead. All right. Where's the jobs then? I mean, I, I think the jobs are in places where, you know, again, a, a lot of the, he, I, with, there's a lot of like supermarkets, low paying jobs, but they're not paying enough to give a, uh, a decent standard of living. However, yeah. there's certainly high demand roles yeah. and will be in the future for those that require high levels of emotional intelligence nurses correct doctors creativity right? so well, so you, yeah, and, and just the just basic emotional intelligence i think yeah you create anything to do with creativity strategic thinking there will be that more and more of those jobs will be will, will come into play but in regards to jobs which with uh, have a simplistic level to them their technology will take over like real simple, we don't need very, very shortly. We don't need checkout assistants. We've already like we're, the last fifteen years. We've had those 
uh, unexpected item in the bagging area, right? We, we've had them, <laughs> right? Good impression. Right, that, yeah. Yeah, but that, that, that's, that no, society right. is, you know, yeah. and if we've got this, what you say, Orwellian style level of technology where we know everyone in society, we know where you are, we know what you spend, we, you know, you are the, 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 you know, every, every major street in the country has a CCTV which recognises who you are, crime will reduce, you know, and all these different things where, okay, well, you can't get away with these things, so you have to be an upstanding member of society, you be an upstanding member of society, and with all these, these, these things inside the, the shops, and I use the shops as an example, that we won't need staff there, so it, you're going to see, I think, if you just look at it this way, let's say you've got a society which is, we'll just use a very basic, 20% lower income, 70% middle class, 10% upper class. Let's just use that as a real example. That middle class is going to get eroded dramatically over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and then perhaps even that upper class will reduce into middle class. It will be a smaller amount at the the top and a, and a, and a much larger amount at the bottom but everyone can live their lives that they, that they want to live um and if you are have got a less consumer driven society then there's less things to buy what, what do you right? mean there's less uh, things to, but what, what do you mean when you say a less consumer driven society well like that, at the moment the way our financial system is built is built on debt right yeah, so yeah. it means that i can have access to a credit card and i i i, I hopefully say this I screwed up with credit cards when I was younger so many times. Why? Because I didn't understand how they worked. It made the bank tons of money. And what did I use it for? Well, I spent a ton of the time in the walkabout um, and I had a far too many beers and I generally enjoyed life a hell of, you know, fantastically. It was great. Awesome. What, what, what did I get out of that? What actually benefited to society did that give me? Actually, it was fun, but realistic is it's, it's not going to be there anymore. So be, because what happened was it was what happened is society, particularly Western, we're talking about in specifically Western driven society is completely on debt. You know, if you if you live in the poorest country in the world, right, poorest country in the world, and you've got $10 in your hand, you're richer than half of the American population. You're saying think about that. Living, well, you're saying because they're all in debt. Because like, they're all in debt. Because they're all in debt. Global debt, when last I checked, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was around 72 trillion. I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong on that. But Well, the, U, U, the US debt alone is 30 and a half trillion. That's oh, the US debt alone. 129% of its GDP, uh, debt to GDP ratio. But what I'm saying is, right. is that we're not going to require... You're not going to be consuming these things you you are consuming for because you won't have access to the cash to do it, right? Because we go back to this fractional reserve banking system: is our bank has a hundred dollars, you can lend out nine hundred. I think I might be wrong that the fractional reserve banking system is going to end in some capacity because the reality is it has to, because all you're doing is just building money out of thin air. And then it, that, it was there to serve a purpose for a consumer-driven society. If you don't have that consumer-driven society, you don't require the fractional reserve banking, at least in the capacity that the money was being given out before. But where All do right? you draw the line? Where, where would you, so if you did have this CBDC, like you said, the basic, you, you said a roof over your head, you know, food, 
Um, well, this is where the, you know, this is where you've got to look at the op opportunities, right, beyond that to earn income. So we've got this secondary level, which let's look at fiat now, okay, beyond CBDCs. CBDCs will start to come into operation in the next two to three years, and by the end of the decade will be in normal operation, in my opinion. With every year that goes past, CBDCs will take over more, you, and, um, and, and fiat money will become less. Why? Because I don't believe inflation is going to reduce. One, it's already, uh, from what is actually quoted in comparison to what people are spending on it, it's much higher than what they're saying. If you look at what, the, what we actually consume, energy up 48%. What? You know, and that, and that, okay, let's just look, the average household up 48%. That's going to be 15% of the money that they spend each month up 48%. All these things that require for the base of society, they are actually their their bills are going to increase and increase and increase, but their salaries are still going to be the same or close to the same. Now, let's just use real basic mathematics. If there's just 10% inflation and it stays at 10% inflation, and interest rates, as we've already explained, they can't have they don't have the ability to raise these interest rates because they won't be able to pay down their debt. They'll have to then take away other government spending, and people don't want that. 10% inflation, seven years time, your hundred pounds is worth 50 pounds. So by 2029, you have half the money. So if you bring, if you earn what most people do, let's say 1,500 pounds a month, actually you're only owning, uh, you only earn 750 pounds in seven years time. So for me, now you can call this conspiracy theory if you want, it's all part of, an in, of the structure of where we need to go. If Imagine if you know your system is going to collapse. You know it's the end of your financial system. Do you wait for it to happen or do you make it happen on your own terms? If I hope you would hope it, hopefully, if we've got the right leaders in power, you make sure it happens on your own terms. Well, you say on your own terms, but whose terms are they? Because I'm just saying, again, like if you had, if you had like, uh, you know, CBDC, is Rishi Sunak factoring in giving people laptops? Are they going to have internet? Will they have? Gas, electricity, I think, like, yeah, like, I, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, for a country like the UK, all the infrastructure is already in place. This is what's great. But other countries that don't have the, this level of infrastructure, perhaps that's going to be a different, that's an entirely different conversation. But for the UK, all the infrastructure is in place, you know, and you'll be able to have internet everywhere. 5G is is everywhere. And you know, I think it, from now, as far as I, I'm aware in, in, in the UK. So, from an infrastructure perspective, everything is there. Actually, from fundamentals as well, you know, we have a, a, a as well as a strong technological and financial system, we have a strong agricultural system as well. Like these things are in place in comparison to you know other countries in the world that, that not, don't, don't not, have those things in place. The thing is, you, you know, like um, you know, farmers again, and one thing to your point, which I, I completely agree with. You know, you know, we're being told inflation is is moving towards ten percent or around ten percent now. Um, you know, if you spoke to farmers in the UK, they would say actually they're paying four or five times the amount for things. Correct. Like they were like two years ago, right? Correct. So, so you, the, where we see where you see the the quoted inflation, that's not what it is on the fundamental level for you know on the on the supply chain level where it's much higher. So you're just going to you, actually the consumer tends to see it last, and we see it slowly but surely. I actually, um, one of my investors in my company works for a very well-known, is the operations director for a very well-known um, fast food chain. 
and um, and they basically said that they know there's going to be food shortages, right? They know there's going to be food shortages. They know that the prices are increasing, and they're moving the prices piece by piece through the menu because they know that's where it's going to go. So you're going to see in all these prices increasing, people not earning anymore, and and you let's go back to the point because we're drifting away. Sure. Is that fiat, although it is still there and it still has a value. It's going to be slowly and slowly, short but surely, moved out. Now, will that fiat currency become digital through a cryptocurrency? Perhaps. Will cryptocurrencies have another value? Will there be a different types of currency, i.e. Bitcoin? We talk about Bitcoin being like a commodity. Um, it has a value. Can, it be, can that value you know, be exchanged for products and services? Like, you know, the argument is gold. Gold, silver, it has a value. But if you own gold and silver, you're not going to be able to use that on the open market to purchase your, your takeaway, right? But if there are cryptocurrencies that do have a perceived value, like Bitcoin, then that's another um, another another source of income that, you know, of of money, so to speak, as we know it, to be able to purchase goods and services. Now, what I, I'm going to cover two points because I think we got away from it. The point about um, you think you're going to have a French Revolution style situation. I know you like that one, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So French Revolution style um, in the Western world. And we're talking about Europe here because the United States will, will come on to a different conversation. Europe. We are so domesticated and we have everything we require to live. The most we are going to do is have a peaceful protest. We'll have a peaceful protest. 100,000 people could march on the street, right? Have a little bit of an argument with a couple of police officers and go to bed the same night. And what will be noted, and all that will be happened, the bar will be moved by piece, by piece, by piece, by piece, by piece, by piece, to get to the result that's required. And it's already happening. It's already happening. Like, you're already seeing it. You're like, if I told well, you're you- You're describing a dystopian galaxy. You're, you're actually describing but that's what's happening. No, but no. everything we've just said is happening. But okay, but then but then you're saying you're describing a dystopian galaxy. You're saying it's already underway, and and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying that you can't say that the end game on that side is just a peaceful protest. You know, like you have to remember, like it was only two three hundred years ago, like people were on horseback killing each other with swords. Um, yeah, that's because we didn't live in a society which everything was given to us. I'm going to use the example of a domestic dog and a wild dog. Why is a dog domesticated? Because we feed it, we bath it, we shelter it, right? It's domesticated. It's functional on us. Why does a wild dog go and bite? A wild dog goes and bites because it hasn't got food in its tummy. It hasn't got its roof over its head and it's got to go and fight for its survival. A domesticated dog doesn't. Now the West, and Europe in this, but we're going to use Europe as the example here because we don't have the capacity to fight back even if we wanted to, is a domesticated dog. Because we, we already have, we have all the basics that we require, right? I might be a real fat dog. I might want to eat more and I might want some new toys. But I realize, deep down, I realize that actually uh, it's not really worth fighting for, right? I know that I've got enough to survive because my functionality for survival has been sorted. If you go back 200 years ago, that functionality wasn't there. And because that functionality of survival wasn't there, people would still revolt. Okay. 
So in the UK and in the West, there's no real reason to go to the state of, you know, it's kind of just to the point where, just like example, I'm going to use, I don't really want to go too much into um, the, the kind of COVID situation and, and how that all came about and what, what happens there. But, you know, people just like, okay, you need to take the vaccine. Okay, cool. I was like, okay, cool. I'll take it. No worries. Because why did I take it? Did I take it because I felt that my life was on the line? No, I took it because my freedoms were being taken away from what I could normally do. I wanted to travel. I wanted to come home to see my mum. So I took a vaccine, right? That's why I did it. I didn't do it. it. I was not fearful. I did it because my freedoms of what I required to live my life functionally as normal were going to be taken away. So I did it. That's that's how that worked. Same principle again with what's happening here. Now, why is it different in the United States? They have, um, they have a far more divided country. Now, if we think the UK is divided, it's nothing in comparison to the way the US is divided. At the end of the day, there are also a lot of people in the US that want to stay in the existing system, even more so, because they have control of the money supply and the structure that it is now. Beyond that, the division between the people and beyond that, it's a very interesting thing, which, you, you know, we're going to look, look into a little bit further is they can defend themselves. There are more guns in the United States than there are people. And it only takes one or two or three or four people to start firing and the people follow. There's actually a statistic, statistical study that shows that the certain percentages people have to change in society to change their opinion. So I, I can't remember exact percentages. It's like if the first 2% some, do something, the next 9% will follow. And if that 9% follows, the next 16% will follow. And if that 16% will follow, everyone follows. Okay. And there's that much division and the ability and the focus on the Second Amendment, so to speak, in the US, your your picture of the French Revolution style civil type war, I believe, is a possibility in some context. I don't believe that's going to happen in the in Europe. I think in Europe, you're going to well, see box ticking by box ticking by box ticking by box ticking by box ticking. Uh, and it's just going to be a process. You're, you're discounting one thing with your analogy with the domesticated dog versus the wild dog. And mm -hmm. what you're discounting is what happens when you put the domesticated dog into the wild? It doesn't survive. That's why, and that's why it holds on to the system in the first place. That's why you, you just proved the exact point of what I just said there. They're not going to be, that. all that the domesticated dog is going to want to do is come back to its home. And that's what's already provided for them. So as long as you've got, you know, if, if you don't have the electricity and if you don't have the heating, if you don't have all these things and you don't have food and you don't have all this, then yeah. But what's going to happen is there's going to be pressure put on the system. There's going to be a problem. There'll be a reaction from the public and the government will prevent, present the solution. And in some capacity, the start of that will be how CBDCs will be able to provide you with you know the food that you require and the shelter that you require and the heating so on and so forth and it's just step computers? by step by step to this, what about this process what, what about computers what, what, what will people will the government give people i know i, I think you know i think you're, you're trying to yeah of course they, they these are considered in western worlds like standard products that we would that we would use and they're going to be essential they're going to be essential to the functionality of how the system works you right because they provide data but who, 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 I'm sorry. 
who who will pay for all the all like the universal basic income? Who funds yeah. it? Yeah, my my thought process is just like it's the same right now. My thought process right now is um, when you get when someone gets their welfare check, do they buy a phone or do they buy the latest laptop? Yes, they do. But I think what will happen is there'll be a proportion. You can only utilize a certain proportion of uh, of the money that you're given for what's provided. Because what's going to happen is you're going to see these rising prices. You're going to see these rising gas prices, these rising electricity prices, these food shortages, which in some capacity is two things. One, it's driven by the failures of yesteryear in our financial system and the countries in the West eating, having their cake and eating it. And uh, and two, the, the current circumstances that we're in and level days artificially done, so to speak. All these problems that happen is going to be, these are problems. There's going the, the 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 country itself are going to be, you know, oh, there's a reaction. This is not good. Um, help me out. Help me out. And immediately, as every single time has occurred so far, when COVID happened, um, and when uh, what, what was the most recent bailouts they gave recently as well? The as well they it gave another another billion. I I actually don't know what it was for, but I I I can't. Sorry, I can't remember. Yeah. So it's it's the government coming in saying. Look, there's a problem. Don't worry. And I understand energy, that you're worried, but energy. don't worry. Yeah, energy for energy crisis. Yeah, sorry. So it's already happening, right? There's the problem. I know you're reacting, but before you react too harshly, I'll provide you the solution. But and it's step by step by step. Like, like at some point, you know, the velocity of money is going to slow down to such an extent in the West that governments don't have the ability to do that. Governments don't won't have the ability to just go. Oh, let's just print another fifteen billion pounds. But then by that point, you're already in the digital era where the crypto where it comes back to the cryptocurrency and there will be a certain fixed supply of what's required at that point. So what so, sort of time frame are you thinking about for all of this? Like, how, how, how far out are we talking? In everything, everything I've said, all before 2030. In terms of people not having jobs and everyone just living off of universal basic income. Okay, every year on year. Yeah. Add 10%. Okay, compounded. Okay. That would be my that would be my guess. Like, and that, you know, I do I know exactly no, but if you look at all the fundamentals, every day right now, someone else, a, a proportion of the population is falling into poverty, of what we consider the poverty line, right? And all the issues, the the geopolitical issues, the food crisis issues, the heating crisis issues. They're all compounding. In my opinion, this hasn't even started. We're just at the beginning. You know, we haven't even got off the ground with this. But all the things that I've said are just aligned. And it's not like I'm throwing these things out of any nowhere. Everything I've said is documented. And most of it has come out of the mouths of our politicians anyway. Look, a lot of what you've said... I, look, I, I don't agree with the principles behind what you're saying in terms of like some form of socialist society. I hate like socialism just does not work. Socialism is just a way. It's to... not socialism, is it? You still got you still, like let's let's look at let's look, use China as an example. Who's let's so... use China as an example. Is okay. China a socialist? Is, is China socialist? No, it's capital. I mean, I, I would say it's capitalist, but it's got a. a should we say uh, it's exactly the same? It's exactly the same. Exactly the same. It's just that at 
what you're seeing is the end of the financial system as we know it moving into a different one now am i going to get everything that i've said correct completely down to the t no of course not there'll be there's there's so many things that can occur like anything when you're going trying to get from a to to z you when you get along the way there's going to be problems like when we i use example when as a startup founder you're a startup founder i'm a startup founder if you told me three and a half years ago when I started doing what I'm doing that I would be where I am right now, I'd be like, oh, my God, really? Why? Because it wasn't ABC. It was A, A1, B, D, X, Y, O, B, C, right? That, that's the way. So we, there's the going to be problems. There's going to be problems along the way because at the end of the day, all that a government is doing is, is a business. A government is a business. You should look at the government as a business, the business of your country. And that business has a goal. OK, it has a goal to make sure the country or this we use example, the business stays afloat and it prospers in prospers in the market that we're in at that given time. Now, use any type of business. When Coca-Cola started, let's use a better, better example of a business. Okay, when Google started- like maximize, maximize profits, maximize potential. That, that's what a business is. Yeah, right? and, and in example, theory, that's how- It's flow, it's maximize profits. That's a proportion, okay? But also it's to make sure that your workforce is efficient as possible, is it not? Yeah, maximize that's but that is and how you and how you spend that money is efficient and how you spend your money within that business is efficient as possible. Yeah, so everything I said with CBDCs makes perfect sense if you're running a business like that. In regards to maximizing profits, now this is the thing. Now, are we moving into a society where maximizing profits is 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 so important? I don't know, you know, because if we if what you're trying to look at is you're going into an environment where everything's done more internally so we're more self-sufficient but yet the country can still grow then that's what we're talking about you know if you go into the world economic forums um information klaus schwab about stakeholders at the moment we have a shareholder environment business a capitalist driven system which has a shareholder environment which is maximize as much money as you can make for the shareholder in a stakeholder environment, which is proposed by the World Economic Forum, yes, you can still make a profit for each of the people that are involved, but the focus is far more on sustainability rather than making as much money as possible. Now, just on that concept alone, that makes sense to me because that definitely it brings a fairer society and a society where there's going to bring, bring a hell of a lot of people out of poverty into a you know into a line where everyone has a, a decent level of living you know but there's no excuse right now with the where the world is that there are people starving and not having a roof over the head in this world it's absolutely ridiculous that that still occurs so if this society this society changed with the financial system which will then move on to emerging economies to ensure that they have the functionality that and the 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 livelihood that we have then that's great um i think i think that i think that i think the big question is is how does outside of because i'm pretty certain on that you know i might say certain i'm very confident in regards to the cbdc level structure what i don't know is what's going to end up happening to fiat money well i think fiat money as we know it the system is, is done for zero goes to zero i'm, I'm not so saying go, now but in what 50 yeah hours, add it up add it at, no less less oh, yeah. i'm talking by 2035 us dollar as we know it right now 
by 2035 will be obsolete. Why? Just do the mathematics, right? The reality is they are going to struggle to control inflation because they don't have the tools that they have before. Okay. Now, this is why I talk about the nation, right? Like the, you just, just, Sorry. But look at it. Yeah, but but, it, but yeah, there's a difference between resilience and knowing, as I explained before, knowing that that game is up and planning for the future one. Sure. Right. Sure. So, right. So it's, it, they can still evolve. It's not going to be the end of the US. It's not going to be the end of the USD, uh, US dollar. Will it be the end of the petrodollar? I think that's likely. Why? Because we're seeing more and more about electric cars, sustainability. Then it's quite clear Western society wants to move away from oil and gas. Quite clear. Very, very clear. So is the petro petrodollar useful? Well, was that the right thing to do, in your opinion? Well, well it has to be done because the, the, reali the reality is millions and millions and millions of people have died in the Middle East. Why? What did they die for? They, they died in the search, basically, in the, the, the ability to control oil. There's no doubt about that. Like, everyone knows that. Weapons of mass destruction. No, they didn't exist. Why did they exist? Because they went after the resources. That game doesn't work anymore. It's, not, it's just caused... It's caused a negative effect on society. It's not, it's not got the results that required. And not only that, we're coming towards the end of the known oil supplies in the world. We don't believe, as far as I'm, I'm aware, we only have 100 years left. So if you've got 100 years of oil left, let's say at the current, the current uh, way we're using it, and you want to extend that lifeline of how long we can use it, and at the same time become more sustainable within your country rather than having to go else where to be in control of oil you would do it right it makes sense so we move away from that system we move to this sustainable system which actually not just sustainably for the environment it actually becomes more sustainable for individual countries because they're in control of their energy supplies right now we use a great example right the germans the germans are not having a very good time with the russians right now are they because actually the russians supply a hell of a lot of the gas to the germans well, if the Germans had actually been a bit more smarter, or you could show the Germans have been quite smart, they actually made a real big schoolboy error here, didn't they? Where actually, if they were sustainable themselves and they actually had their own, you know, their own functional functional um, energy supplies, they wouldn't have to rely on Russians. Okay, they're, they're, I'm not going to go into that whole conflict thing, you know, because that's another. conflict. I certainly think that. You know, from a natural gas perspective, you know, the US is obviously a viable option. Um, nuclear power is obviously completely underutilized. The US that. is not a viable option for natural gas for Europe. It's what? not a viable option what? because what? The, 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 the reality of the costings to be able to ship it to Europe financially doesn't make it a sensible option. The, the, it's, it, the timing it takes, the costing it takes, it then increases the... the the cost of supply for for gas when they could just go and get it from Russia. Well, you know, the, why why can't they go and get it from Russia? Like, I, I don't want to go down the Russian route, but because I think it's ridiculous. Like, but you um, know, and then yeah. and it's my own opinion. But Russia is making a lot of money since the war, right? So supply. Yeah, well, the Russian ruble is 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 higher than it was before the start of the war. Like, it's it. They are. I don't know how I, the I structure of everything. I, I but, in terms of sales. In terms of set, in terms of uh, natural resources, oil, oil and gas sales. You know, they're 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure on that. But right. the, I know. I know that the currency price is is, is better than what it was at the start of the year. And actually, right. the whole idea of these sanctions that are being placed on oligarchs is is just oh, wow. ridiculous to me. And like they're the sanctions on the people, and then you go even one step further: sanctions on tennis players. It's just ridiculous. It's what it's just governments be doing in terms of like, like Western economies, the U.S. government, the U.K. government, you know, Europe as a whole. What, what what is what should they what steps should they be taking because you know and one thing we haven't even touched on yet are really interest rates you know yeah um and and the you know i mean what what steps do you think are viable for governments to take in the west there aren't any steps they all the step is exactly what we just explained the the financial system as we currently know it will collapse that's it and it will be we will move into a new financial system and a new structure which is going to be less consumer driven and that obviously as we've explained already it's going to be more sustainably efficient but you've got to have a number of dom a number of dominoes have to fall for an entire financial system to fall and half of those dominoes or 20 percent of those dominoes have already been put in place and fallen and um, that start you know could argument you could argue to say it started 15 years ago in 2008 but let's just say in recent times that the big domino started to fall when the u.s started that printed half of the half of the money supply in human history in the last two years you know that it, you need to understand that when they're printing this money on the balance sheet they're increasing their debt okay and then to keep up those interest payments the interest payments are increasing okay so at the moment, we'll use the US as an example here. The US debt is 30 and a half trillion. That's 129 and a half percent of their the, uh, GDP to debt ratio. Their interest payment, their interest on that 30 and a half trillion alone is 436 billion. So if you start raising interest rates, if you raise interest rates, it means that the, the money that they were going to spend on to, to pay down the debt is no longer there. So that tool isn't there. You, you raise interest rates by 1%, you know, then where's the money to pay for the debt? They can't, they'll default or one or 2%, they'll, they, they will default on the debt or they will have to take money away from education, military spend, so on and so forth to pay down debt. Oh, that's not going to happen either. So like I say, they already know the financial system is going to change. They already know the existing system is going to collapse, but it's not like it's going to collapse overnight and then oh no what are we going to do no you put all the steps imagine it like there's a stairs going down one end and if you get to the bottom step and it's the end you fall in the water but what's happening on the other side with the the cryptocurrency type cbdc's and the new financial system we're moving into they're already putting these steps in place so before everything collapses you can move on to this step to go back this way rather than just falling into the water I have to say, I'm slightly more optimistic than you about the future. I, I, I see the challenges. I completely get it. I I'm, 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 I'm positive about the future. I think the future is going to be fantastic. Everything I've just described there is great. You know, okay. and if and at the at the same time, at the same time, we are living in the biggest transfer of wealth in human history. If you are smart with your money right now and you make the right decisions with your money right now, you are going to be a very happy bunny in five five years time i i have no doubt about that whatsoever what? if you understand where the financial system is moving the steps that are being taken the key thing is to watch and listen 
and ensure that you're getting as much education and information about the way the the, the shift in the in society and where it is you can almost look at you know even uh you know look at which commodities are going to cost more there's so many opportunities in this period of time where it's to me oh if if you have money if you have any level of money right now you can put money in the right places you're laughing but at the same time if you have an understanding of where the system is going you can ensure you're making the right decisions which is going to give you a big head up when this shift in society changes should people be buying hard assets like property oh I, I yeah so this is another thing right this is probably the, you know obviously i'm a, an investment advisor financial planner and all my fa- well, fellow say, financial this is not fine that way we say is not yeah, uh, yeah exactly yeah Def- not financial advice okay. definitely not but the point is i'm going i'm going to get to here is the natural thing to say is throughout human history whenever the stock market has collapsed it's always gone back up right completely correct throughout the third industrial revolution but what have we been explaining? We're moving into a new financial system. We're moving into a, a far less dri- consumer-driven society. Yes, there will be still be uh, companies that succeed in certain capacities. I feel you're going to be you're going to see hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands. We could even say companies drop off stock exchanges because they'll go bankrupt. For sure, because one, they wouldn't have been prepared for what's going on. They wouldn't have pivoted to where they need to go to, um, or they wouldn't have actually, their, their management would not have foreseen these things occurring. And therefore, and and also their business may not fit into the society that we're moving into. They just might, there won't be a, like anything. You need supply, you need demand. If there's no demand for a certain product moving into society, that business isn't going to work. So what you're going to see is if you're, you know, you're, you're invested in these multi-asset portfolios um, and you are, you know, don't worry, it's okay because you're dollar cost averaging in on the way in and when you come out, it's going to be fine. I actually think our, our entire stock market as we see it and funds as we see it, you're going to start to see that that's going to fundamentally change as well. Do I know how? Not yet. There's not enough information, uh, you know, data for me to to get my head around where that's going to go. Um, but do I believe it will be the S&P 500 anymore? No, maybe the S&P 25 or S&P 50. You know, if there's no need for these these companies to be on these stock exchanges. You know, I, I don't know. It could well be that if you understand the technology that Ripple has, XRP, and how each unit of uh currency could be converted into today's existing financial system um that could be somewhere in where it's transferred over but the price in itself the value of these companies i don't for the majority of them i feel that the value is going to reduce and you're going to see less companies but bigger ones you know i need to look at your amazons google's apples how big they are now actually the argument is they'll be bigger because they'll be moving into other areas and um which apple are just moving into well this isn't a secret everything everything anything to do with technology if you live in this technologically technologically driven world you know they're 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 going to be in everything if if everything we do is involves technology then they'll be involved in everything essentially what you're saying is you are you are positive about the future but the reality 100 most people won't have jobs and the reality is that um it'll be the the, the i'm not saying most less 
a lot less. Let's not say most. A lot less people will have jobs. But yeah. and there will be a lot less companies, and those companies will be relied upon in terms of generating enough taxes to pay for a lot less people who are not working to to have sufficient income to at least have a basic standard of living. I would say that's a fair fair statement that you just said. Yeah. If that if that is the case, it sounds horrendous. Mm. It sounds absolutely horrendous. And listen, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm someone that has been uh, hugely critical of these artificially low interest rates, like pretty much since uh, maybe a couple of years after the financial crisis. Um, but, but it's not uh, they're not artificially low. They're low for a reason. They're they're low. They're low because. For every percentage point that they add, it means it's money that they they don't have to pay down their debt. And then, then if they don't I, pay I, down I'm their debt, now I, I, I'm saying what it means though is that you know the, the banks have been able to. It's been easier for the banks to lend out money, right, to sell money, yeah, and divide yeah. the property market. But look, I, I, I've I've got to say, look, this has been absolutely fascinating, as, as always. And as you know, I, I I could talk to you for hours if if we had hours, but um. Look, I want to say thank you very much for, for taking the time to, to speak with me. Um, no worries, my pleasure. Definitely, definitely have to do this again. So, Nathan, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, man. No worries, I appreciate it.